0: the following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.
1: Many calls; they were all in one accord, waiting for the promise of the Spirit of the Lord. One hundred and twenty gathered in one place, fervently praying for the Spirit of grace. When suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind, the Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men. Wow. This is there, this is spoken by the prophet spoken by the prophet This is that, this is that. spoken by the prophet Joe. spoken by the prophet Joe. And I pour out my spirit, saying Lord. She's supposed to hear the preaching and the will begin to flow. They call men and brethren what shall we do? Repent and be baptized, every one of you. I see that spoken by the prophet I spoken by the prophet show. I I the blowing, the rain's still falling, and the well's still flowing. The promise has an ending, you can't dispute the facts. The fire's still burning, just like the book of Acts. He fills you with the spirit, you will speak with other tongues. That's still the way that the holy ghost comes.
2: Pastor Bob Simons, you are tuning in to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, broadcasting live tonight from our studio, the KDIX studio in Dickinson, North Dakota. Also being picked up not only by KDIX's website, but Holy Ghost Radio, too. Glad to have you guys all listening tonight. You can be part of this program tonight. You can text me, 701-290-7862. And you are listening to a live broadcast tonight. That's why Holy Ghost Radio, I think afterwards, always puts that disclaimer. The, uh, we're not responsible for what crazy Pastor Bob says. They say something like that at the end of it, not quite like that. The, uh, I can't look at my texts right now though, but you can text me, but it's going to be just a few minutes before I can look at my texts because I forgot my iPhone at home and I sent sent Joe Hostetler back home to get him. He went back to my house to get my, my cell phone. But just, uh, just as a word of who I am, if you're listening for the very first time, I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson. It's at 105 7th Avenue West here in Dickinson. Our next service will be Wednesday night at 7.30. And then on Sunday mornings we have church at 10 o'clock and 11 o'clock. And they're completely different services, so you need to come to both every Sunday. Same low price. The, uh, free. The, uh, but anyway, we want you to come. And um, and of course, then we have many other outreaches in town going on. We have some. We uh, right now I haven't heard, but we have we have. Um, um, well, I, I should say I, I know I haven't heard, but we have the women's prison service down in New England on Sunday nights. Two services there. We have county jail services Sunday afternoons. We have nursing home services. We have an outreach service in Beach, North Dakota, every Wednesday night at 7.30, or every Tuesday night, I'm sorry, at the Community Center in Beach. Friday mornings, we have a men's Bible study at Perkins in the back room at 6 o'clock every Friday morning. There's a lot of ways you can get a hold of us. We have youth activities on Friday nights, just all kinds of things we're doing. Great, great church. And again, uh, I will be able to look at your texts in just a little bit, 701. 701- Two nine zero seven eight six two. What do you mean? Like, I can look at him right now, but I'm not going to. My cell phone just arrived with Reverend Joe Hostetler. Gonna sing a song tonight, and, and this song is, uh, based, it's gonna go along with what we're talking about. It's a song I wrote a few years ago. It's based on the scripture in Amos 3-3. And, um, and Amos 3-3 talks about that God is a God that, um, that wants us To agree with him, and you'll see what this is about here. I wrote this, kind of my, maybe a Christian redneck song. I wrote it a few years ago. Maybe I was mad when I wrote it. I don't know. But I I kind of like it. I sing it every once in a while. Amos 3-3. If you're going to call him Lord, he's got the right to say no to the things you want to do. And the places you go. The Lord don't want to play games with your Christianity. He won't walk with you long unless with Him you'll agree. Can two walk together unless they be agreed? And how long can one the Holy Spirit grieve? So choose you this day whom you will serve, the Lord or this world. The decision must be yours. I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. He's calling us to holiness On the inside and the out He's more concerned about the way we live Than how we dance and shout Can two walk together Unless they be agreed How long can one The Holy Spirit grieve So choose you this day Whom you will serve the Lord or this world The decision must be yours It's time to take a stand In the power of His might For we wrestle not against flesh and blood But it's the darkness we fight So set your face like a flint Get your feet on that rock it's power in the blood And in the name of our God, can two walk together, lest they be agreed? How long can one, the Holy Spirit, grieve? So choose you this day, whom you will serve, the Lord or this world, the decision must be yours. The Lord. Choose the Lord. Amos 3 3. Seth, play a song. I'm going to look at my text. You're tuned into the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Text me tonight 701
3: feet and down and
2: Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio program, thank you for all of you that have texted me so far to let me know that you're listening. And you can be part of the program by doing that, 701-290-7862. And uh, you can also email us, robertsimons58 at gmail.com, or you can call in 701-225-5133. Is that right? 701-225-5133. And that's the local Dickinson number here right into the station. I want to turn your attention, and oh, by the way, hello to those, my friends in Pennsylvania listening, uh everybody out at the Lomans House listening, Dr. Hussey listening tonight. Uh, doctor, I always call him Dr. Hussey because for some reason it shows up as Dr. Hussey. Lori Javier, nice to have you listening. Titus 2, verses 11 through 15. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts we should live soberly, righteously and godly in this present world looking for that blessed hope in the glorious appearing of the great god and our savior jesus christ who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people zealous of good works these things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority let no man despise thee tonight my topic will be on probably what i consider probably one of the most misunderstood concepts of the entire bible and that is the grace of God. These verses, if you are at a place where you can look at your Bible, get it out. We're going to stay in Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 15, pretty much through the whole broadcast tonight. I have my my authority to speak about this tonight in verse 15. It says, These things speak and exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no man despise thee. And so tonight my authority comes from the Scripture itself, the living Bible said you must teach these things and encourage the believers to do them. You have the authority to correct them when necessary, so don't let anyone disregard what you say. And so, uh, there's a lot in these verses. It talks about the great God and our savior Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the great God and savior. He is. So, um but this this topic of grace tonight is really what I want to center on Titus 2:11. Grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. And I think before this broadcast is over, if you can listen to the whole thing tonight, I want to encourage you to do that if you can. But I think the reason that that this is so misunderstood is because uh, the grace of God is not a license to sin. And it's not really God just forgiving our sins. It's not really just that. That's only part of the grace of God. And I want to talk about that tonight. I really do think that um, that there is probably uh, the, one of the reasons many people play games with the grace of God is because there are preachers that don't get plain enough about what the Scripture teaches. I call them chicken preachers. Um, you know, chicken preachers to me are preachers that don't tell you what they're saying. Like, like uh, you know, you can preach, you can beat around the bush about sin. You know, you could say, you can get on the radio and say, or preach in your church and say, we're against sin here. And you can say that a thousand times in a thousand different ways. But if you don't tell us what sin is, we don't know exactly what you're talking about. It is so refreshing to me when I hear somebody talk about sin and then tell you what it is. I just, something about that, when I'm in a church where a preacher does that, I always find myself standing to my feet, um, you know, like, you know, he's not a chicken preacher. And so there are two points that I want to make tonight in these verses in Titus um, about the grace of God. <coughs> uh, there there are two things every Christian should know about the grace of God. Number one, uh, the grace of God brings salvation. The scripture teaches that God came into this world, was manifest as a man, and he gave himself for us on an old rugged cross. Uh, he redeemed us from all iniquity, these verses say. The grace of God brings salvation, and it, it has appeared to all men. And he gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity. We couldn't save ourselves. We owed a debt that we couldn't pay. And so the grace of God was the cross. The grace of God is God had a plan to purchase um to purchase us and redeem us that's what redeem means to purchase and god had this plan to to wash away our sins in his own blood i think m- many people that name the name of jesus understand this concept they understand the concept of of the blood possibly they, un- they understand the concept of jesus taking our place on the cross and i uh, but i want to tell you that In the two parts that I want to talk about, I am not going to minimize that part. Uh, you couldn't save yourself. We, we couldn't, um, we, we were, we were sinners. We, we, uh, were born into sin. We, we, we needed the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. We needed that in our life. And so, number one, the grace of God brings salvation because God purchased, He paid the price. The Bible said we were, weren't purchased, in Acts chapter 20, we weren't purchased with silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish, without wrinkle, and we were purchased with his blood. So, so this is the grace of God, the blood of Jesus, the cross of Jesus. I was really 20 years old the first time I really understood the cross of Christ. How could you grow up in America and really not understand it? but i really didn't i was i i must have been blinded i blinded myself to it i don't know uh why but i i didn't understand what jesus did for me on the cross and there's so much to that possibly even a whole radio broadcast or 10 radio broadcasts alone talking about the cross of jesus but this is not all there is to grace and and um and, and I'm going to say that probably when right now in this part of the program, I'm going to veer away from probably the majority of, of the so-called Christian theology on the concept of the grace of God. Because my question to you tonight is how this, the Bible says the grace of God that bringeth salvation. How does the grace of God bring salvation to you? In other words, just Jesus dying on the cross, how does that bring salvation to you? And I think that that, um, that if you would care if you don't get mad and you would care to listen to this whole broadcast tonight, I think you're going to understand and I think it will make sense to you. You see, the grace of God is not just that Jesus died on our sins and can forgive us. And it's not that we, it's certainly not that we have a license to sin. Like he's, now that he died on the cross, we can just sin all that we want to and he just forgives us. That's not the grace of God. That's not what Titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 15 says. The grace of God, how, does the grace of God magically bring salvation to us? Is there some, is there some step between the cross of Christ and the grace of God? And I'm gonna say yes. There is a step. There is a step that you need to take. And so the grace of God is not just the cross of Christ. It's impossible without the cross of Christ. But there's a step between you and the grace of God. The grace of God is the warning. The grace of God is the information. The grace of God is the story. That's the grace of God. Uh, the grace of God is the is to learn that you're a sinner, and that God is calling us to repentance. That's the grace of God. See, the grace of God is not, um, you know, I, 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 this is so simple in my mind right now. I'm trying not to muddy this up to you, but the grace of God is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the grace of God, because the fear of the Lord brings us to repentance. And repentance, repentance, is the step between the cross of Christ and us to bring us to the grace of God. You see, uh, the fear of the Lord is, is you know, um, in Acts chapter or excuse me, Second Peter chapter three. It's, it talks about that God is is long suffering to usward. Second Peter three and nine. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to assurance. Is that what it says? No, that's not what it says. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to forgiveness. That's not what it says. You see, God is not willing that any should perish. That's the grace of God, right? God wants you to go to heaven. Bill, God wants you to go to heaven. But he's not willing that any should perish But that all men should come to repentance. Repentance is the door between us and fulfilling the grace of God in our life. Repentance. Acts chapter 24, the Apostle Paul. Does everybody that listens to me tonight believe the Apostle Paul was a preacher of the grace of God? I believe he was. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, lest any man should boast. So the grace of... Paul was a preacher of the grace of God. He was a preacher of the grace of God. Notice this preacher of the grace of God. Notice how he preached. Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, Paul was talking to a man named Felix. And this is what he said. He reasoned of righteousness, temperance, And judgment to come, and Felix trembled, and answered, Go thy way for this time, for when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. I propose to you that when Paul was preaching righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come to Felix, that was the grace of God. Because you cannot experience the grace of God in your life without repentance, and you'll never experience repentance here in your life until you find out you're a sinner and you'll never find out you're a sinner until you know what sin is and that you've been doing it you know the 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 learning that you're a sinner is the grace of god the the being if you're listening to this program tonight and you're you're listening here locally in Dickinson. And you're very uncomfortable, and maybe you're even afraid of what I'm saying. Maybe you're living in sin. Maybe you're a backslider, and you know you're wrong. Maybe you don't even know you're wrong, but you're just starting to get the feeling that maybe I'm wrong. That's the grace of God. To even think about repenting is the grace of God. The fear of the Lord. I I was in a discussion quite a while back with a person, and she said, I don't believe the fear of the Lord is for the New Testament. I want you to understand, uh, everyone that's listening to me, it's the fear of the Lord in my life. That fear of the Lord is a great, you know, do you think Pastor Bob is perfect? Do you think I'm never tempted? <laughs> of course not. I'm tempted. I'm tempted to do wrong. What stops me from doing wrong? The fear of the Lord. Like, like if my mind begins to wander and I begin to, even in my mind, go places I should not go. All of a sudden, I get start getting uncomfortable. I start feeling very bad. That's the fear of God. Why? Well, how, you say, well, how could that be the grace of God? Because it's keeping me on track. God wants me to go to heaven. He doesn't want me to be lost. He doesn't want me to go into sin. And so the fear of the Lord is the grace of God. You know, when when Jonah went to Nineveh preaching, he, um, he preached, and he, this was his message. Yet 40 days, and God will destroy this city. Okay, now, that doesn't seem like much of the grace of God in that message. But let me ask you a question. Why did Jonah preach that message? I believe God told him to preach that message. If God hated the Ninevites so much, why did he even send the warning? Why didn't he just destroy the city? You know what? I mean, the Ninevites were terrible people, and they deserved probably by... By all standards for what they had done, not everybody in the city, I'm sure, but I'm just saying the city in general was a terrible place. And they'd probably deserve to be destroyed. And so I'm trying to, I'm trying to pencil or walk you through this. Okay. So Jonah's message is yet 40 days and the city will be destroyed. That is the grace of God. Because the people of Nineveh, starting at the king all the way down, thought, what if God? What there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. If we ask God for forgiveness and are really serious about it, that he'd forgive us. And guess what God did? You see the warning of God in your life is the grace of God. It is. You know um the um uh I've got a a friend of mine that that um he was in my youth group and um In fact, I told this story at the jail today, and some guy just got tickled by the story. He just laughed. He couldn't stop laughing. But the, uh, and I I suppose it is kind of a cute story if you look at it in one way, but when you grow up living for God like this young man did, you know, he, but he got a little older. He joined the military. He was home on, um, he'd come home from basic training. He was a National Guard, very trim, fit, nice-looking young man, probably 20 years old at this point. He uh, had a very, very nice car, a Camaro, black camaro and he was driving down main street in bismarck and he pulled up at a stop sign and there were a car full of girls next to him now this young man knew and he grew up as a pentecostal person he knew that you know really you don't have any business going out with a girl that doesn't know god and doesn't know the truth and that just makes sense that's just common sense if you know the bible but he wasn't doing right spiritually and uh, he was next to this car full of girls trying to look cool, and one of the girls starts yelling at him, and, and she's waving at him, and she said, hey, 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 I want to go for a ride in your car. And he waved her over, come on. And she jumps out at the stoplight, she runs across next to him, she jumps in the passenger seat, she introduces herself, and she says, let's go for a ride, man, this is a nice car. And as soon as that happened, the fear of God hit him. And he was thinking, what am I doing? What am I doing? So he asked her, he said, well, where do you live? And she said, well, I, I don't have to be home for a long time. My parents, I don't have to be home. I don't know till one or midnight. I don't, I don't have to be home for a long time. She was probably a high school girl or maybe 17, 18 years old, but the fear of God hit him and he kept asking her, well, where do you live? And she told him and he started driving that direction. And they got in front of her house. He said, man, I got to go. And it really kind of hurt her feelings. That's kind of the bad part of the story. She probably thought he thought I was ugly or something. He didn't think she was ugly. That's the grace of God in his life. The fear of God is the grace of God. Why would God warn you? Why would God put put conviction in your heart? When you go to a Pentecostal church, I'm not promising you that we're always going to build you up and edify you. I'm not promising you that. But if you come to our church, if you if you're coming to our church and let's say you bring in your, your bring along your live-in girlfriend. You know, and you hear somebody preach that, you know what? If you're going to have sex with a girl, you need to make a marriage commitment to her. That's biblical. You know, I mean I know I've had people try to argue with me about state weddings and stuff. I'm just that's just you're just missing the point completely. You know what? Go ahead and get a marriage license. That's what I believe. Just go get one. You you shouldn't be ashamed to let the whole world know that you're married when you make that promise. You sign your name, you know, cut your finger, sign it in blood. I mean, I don't know, don't do that, but but what what I'm saying is is that that okay, so you come to our our church this Wednesday night and you're living with your girlfriend. And all of a sudden you start feeling really uncomfortable because the preacher says something about it. That's the grace of God. What if What if you went to a church where the preacher didn't say anything about it? And you went to hell because of it. You see what I'm saying? I'm I'm trying to change your mind about what the grace of God is tonight. Cain felt the... I'm going to take a break here in a minute and play a song. Look at my text. Text me tonight. 701-290-7862. But Cain, in the first real story in the Bible uh interaction, uh, we see Cain made the wrong sacrifice to God. God came back to Cain and said, Cain, if you do what's right, I'll accept you. Why did God say that? That's the grace of God. He said, Cain, if you do what's good, I'll accept you. Cain, you know, in, in other words, Cain, you're not doing right. Because God loved Cain, he tried to correct it. Of course, Cain wouldn't accept the correction. Got jealous at his brother Abel, killed him. The grace of God is the warning tonight and um, and I want want you to know that that this is the love of God that should, all of us should come to repentance Seth play a song that uh, uh, be call us tonight two two five five one three three text me tonight seven oh one two nine oh seven eight six two
4: All his people rejoice When the king reigns His people rejoice All his people rejoice When the king is reigning in your heart His people rejoice And they all break forth with joy and gladness At the sounding of his voice So let him reign His people rejoice All His people rejoice When the sun shines His people rejoice All His people rejoice When the sun is shining in your heart His people rejoice And they all break forth with joy and gladness At the sounding of His voice so let him shine, shine, shine. Let him shine. Down. at the sounding of his voice And when the sun shines, his people rejoice All his people rejoice When the sun shines his people rejoice All his people rejoice When the sun is shining in your heart, his people rejoice And they all break Set the sounding of his voice.
5: Let it rain, let it shine by Lance Appleton. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're here tonight with Pastor Bob Simons. We're from the New Life Pentecostal Church. If you have any questions or comments tonight during the program, uh, give us a call in studio, 701-225-5133. Or you can text us tonight, 701-290-7862. If you're out of country, you can email us any questions or comments you may have. Or just let us know where you're listening from if you want to do that. Simons 58 at gmail.com. Thanks for texting me tonight.
2: Shulers are listening up in Grafton. Good to have them listening tonight. We've got Eric Woods. He's one of my guys that I like, even though we kind of were kind of elbowing each other all weekend. But we've got him listening in Beulah tonight. And uh, Timothy, good to have you listening. Uh, somebody requested a song. Pastor Bob, play the song, Called Out of This World. I might. I just might do that. And... um Good to have the other Husseys listening in um, Indiana tonight, and then I guess their brother. I didn't really get that when I first got his text that he's on his way here, but looking forward to seeing David and just all the rest of you that are listening tonight. Uh, glad to have you talking about the most one of the most misunderstood concepts in our day is the grace of God, and I, I my my um, assertion tonight is the grace of God only half of it is God's unmerited favor and the uh the concept of the blood and the cross that's only half of it because because without the call it can't be completed without the response to the call it can't be completed the grace of god is the call the grace of god is the call to repent that's the grace of god um, the the bible says in titus chapter 2 verses 11 through 15 where i'm at tonight trying to stay there all night in the in the or stay there during this broadcast it says the grace of God teaches us things. the grace of God is a teacher it teaches us it it wants us to change the grace of god is is will not grace does not violate the human will. if you don't want to serve God, if you don't want your sins forgiven, God will not make you do that he won't uh, uh, Grace will not do for you what you're supposed to do for yourself. I know we can't save ourselves. I hope nobody. I hope you're listening to me. I hope that you're not twisting what I'm saying. I'm not saying you can save yourself. It's impossible. But what I am saying, without repentance, the connection is not made between the cross and you. Repentance is the connector. Repentance, turning from God, as or turning from sin, asking God for forgiveness, being truly sorry to God for your sin. Sorry enough to change—that's what repentance is. And without that, the cross does you no good. You know, um, uh, if there's a if there's a good deal out there, like if you if there's some kind of a uh, some kind of program that you're supposed to sign up for, maybe maybe um, maybe there's a new telephone company offering cell phone service, unlimited everything for twenty nine ninety five a month, and a free iPhone. Okay, let's say there's a new new service like that out there. Does that mean you automatically get it? Does it just because it's offered, is it yours? I mean, like, are they going to send you the phone in the mail? No, you have to apply for it. You have to do something. You have to request it. Repentance is like that. Uh, here again, the, don't expect the grace of God to do your part in the plan of salvation. It won't do it. If it did do it, everybody would be saved because it's God's will that everybody is saved you know if you think that you're you know you think that you're maybe you're a predestinationist listening to me and you think that it's God's will that some people are not saved and you twist some of those scriptures in Ephesians and Romans to make your little point well I'm telling you I just read you a scripture in in second Peter three: nine that says that he is not willing that any should perish. And then it says, He's long suffering to us, word. The grace of God waits. Bill, do you know why you're not dead? You're not dead because God wanted you to get to the place in your life where you would come to Him. So He waits for us. Now, we don't know how long He's going to wait. We don't know when the last moment on this earth for us is. But if you're living in sin right now, and you're still alive, and you're listening to the broadcast, that's the grace of God. You're alive. The grace of God doesn't mean that you're forgiven. Because if you haven't repented, you're not forgiven. The grace of God is the waiting, the long-suffering of God. He's, you know, I want to just believe this. You know what? This broadcast is the hardest thing I do every week. I enjoy preaching. I love going to the jail. But I, I know I say this all the time, possibly, but this is the very hardest thing. The reason it is, is because I'm used to looking at faces, and faces... A lot of times when I look at faces, the stories behind those faces come to me, and that's how I preach. Like when I'm looking at faces, whatever my notes say, that's fine, but the faces, I look at the faces, and their story says something to me, whether they're nodding their head or not. And so that's how I preach. Radio is very, very hard for me. But tonight, I want to imagine that there's somebody listening that has been playing games with God. You've been running from God. You've, been, you've had opportunities to come to God. And tonight, this is one more opportunity calling you to repentance. This is the grace of God in your life. Down the highway to hell, there's a there's a man standing out on the interstate with a sign saying, "Pull in at exit 49." You know, pull in here. Now, the exit number is 238. Actually, pull in here. Pull into exit 238. You know I'm uh, this is this is one more chance. Don't go by the grace of God. On your way to hell, you're going to pass the grace of God. And probably many times, not just once. You know, there there is the grace of God is not over God overlooking your willing sinfulness. Some of you that are listening, I suppose go to churches, that are so mixed up on the grace of God, even while you're sinning, you think that you're covered by God's grace. You know what God's grace is while you're sinning? is the conviction to stop and ask for forgiveness. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is not God overlooking the sin. The grace of God is calling you to repentance. And so on your trip you religious people, on your trip to the to the ho- the altar of the holiest of holies, on your on your trip to the holy place, the presence of the Shekinah, the Shekinah glory of God. Some of you, maybe charismatic people listening to me, that are wanting to see angels and hear voices and and uh, all these other things. I'm going to propose to you: on your way to the holiest place, you need to stop by the altar of sacrifice first. You need to stop by the altar of repentance on your way to the presence of God. It is so confusing to people when they see religious people talking about God, talking about all these things, but they won't pay their bills, they won't work, they mistreat their children, they mistreat their spouse, they cheat on their spouse, they're dishonest, they're immoral, they watch pornography. This this is confusing to people. It really is. Real repentance. You know, let me just tell you something. Right now, pornography is just a horrible thing in our land. You know, for the longest time, Pastor Bob took tried to take a stand against people even having the Internet. And I mean, I don't know if I should be ashamed of this or not, but I kind of gave up on it. Ever since everybody's phone has the Internet on it, now I just gave up on it. But I'm going to say this that that just because your phone has the internet doesn't mean you have to look at things you shouldn't look at. You know this the grace of God should be the fear of God and when you are even thinking about doing that. You know <clears throat> there's there's young men in our church that have flip phones. And the reason they have flip phones is cuz that's the grace of God in their life. They just don't trust themselves with an iPhone or a smartphone. I'm into that. I really am into that. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is 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 the warning. It's the, you know, uh, you know this. I I'm really coming against some theology out there that's just so messed up. You know, there's theology out there. You know, I, I was there was a, one time years ago somebody was telling me that they had the internet in their basement where their two sons lived, teenage sons unfiltered internet in the basement. And I'm like that's stupid. I told this person that's dumb. And they said, "Well, we believe the Holy Ghost can keep our sons from that." But you know what the grace of God is when you're a 15-year-old son? It's to have a good parent. <laughs> that's the grace of God in your life. Isn't it? Grace of God is the grace of See, the grace of God is not what you think. The grace of God isn't to look at porn. And think God's going to overlook it. The grace of God is when you're thinking about looking at porn, that He talks to you about it. There, there's a terrible scourge in our country going on. I mean, just a terrible. That's, I mean, I, I know uh, maybe I can say something bad about the president-elect because he's not the president yet, but he's he was tied into that industry for a while. I don't know if he still is. Maybe he's changed. But I'm just saying that this. That, that that true grace brings us to repentance and righteousness what 's that scripture that what 's that scripture that uh, somebody texted me in psalm one nineteen
5: that word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee
2: see that 's the grace of God. The grace of God is his word in our heart psalm thirty three and one said Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright Scripture says that the grace of God teaches us that we should deny ungodliness, worldly lust, We should live soberly, righteously, godly in this present world. Teaches us. Why would the grace of God need to teach us anything if we didn't have anything to do with it? Like, why would you teach somebody somebody if there wasn't a test? Why would you teach somebody, somebody something if they didn't need to learn something? The grace of God teaches us some things. It, 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 we're the ones that are supposed to deny it. We're the ones that are supposed to do the living. The grace of God, remember, it won't do, do for you what you're responsible to do for yourself. Uh, the br- grace of God brings sin to our attention, that we need to do something about it. It says that we need to deny ungodliness, worldly lusts. Uh, we need to live soberly. That's just one verse of many verses that talk to you. Uh, and I mean, I know there's it's bigger than this. But I don't think Christians ought to drink. And I don't think Christians ought to use mind-altering drugs. That we need to live soberly. Uh, you know, the the only, anything, anything you could get wrapped up in become unsober. You can be unsober about getting too involved in just about anything. If we're gonna get, if we're gonna go overboard in anything, it should be the kingdom of God. That really should be the thing we go overboard in. Don't get up too wrapped up in anything but God. We should live soberly and righteously. That. What is the word righteous? What is the deal? What is the deal, you guys, that some Christians say, boy, you guys really think you're righteous, don't you? Like, is that a dirty word, righteous? Like, are we supposed to not be righteous? Are, you know, like if somebody comes up to me and says, boy, Pastor Bob, you really think you're righteous, don't you? No, I'm, I don't think I'm righteous. I'm trying to be righteous. You know, and in trying to be righteous, you know what that is? That's the grace of God in my life. The grace of God. Trying to be righteous means when you're doing what's wrong or thinking what you're doing is wrong, you correct it. Righteous mean Righteousness means to do what is right. And I'm going to tell you this, do what is right according to God. And to others, too. The Bible said be sober, righteous, godly. The difference between righteousness and godliness, uh, godliness means to be a God-pleaser we need to find out what he likes what he doesn't like we need to apply it even to the way we dress he, in fact he said you should be a peculiar people you should be able to tell the people of God you should be able to notice them you should be able. there should be something different about them the way they act the way they talk even the way they dress the kingdom of God the people are peculiar they're different zealous of good works If you're just tuning in, I know I've been talking constantly. Titus 2, verses 11 through 15 is where I'm at. But I'm proposing to you tonight that our world is mixed up about the grace of God. They really are. They think, and, and you know what? i got a feeling I'm going to be criticized by some for this. Because they think that the grace of God means that you can do whatever you want and you're a child of God. What parent would treat their children like this? Like what parent, like we had a speaker in church, a missionary to Honduras, Mark Schreckheis was with us today. And he said, what parent would tell your children, don't do that or else? And then after they do it and say, well, I didn't really mean that. Well, there's a lot of parents like that. But that's not good parenting. You know, mean what you say. Say what you mean. You know, if you I mean... Sometimes parents make these ridiculous rules they should have never said that. You know, but on the other hand, I mean if you're serious about it, back it up. And God is serious about it. God doesn't want us to get involved with sin. And that's true grace. He tells us, he warns us, he shows us. The grace of God is was Jesus coming to this world and convicting this world of their sin. Why? because conviction brings you to repentance, brings you to God. The best thing that could happen on this program tonight is that somebody when this is all over, you feel really lousy. It's one of the best things that could happen. <laughs> See, this flies in the face of Joel Osteen and everybody. You know, I don't know if Joel Osteen talks about this. I you know, I I'm not trying to be unfair to him because I've never never seen him. Or heard him or listened to him, I don't know anything about what he says. But Joel, if you're listening tonight, do you do you talk about this kind of stuff? Do you tell people that the grace of God is actually the warning that we're wrong? That's the grace of God? The grace of God is the conviction uh, uh that that our life needs to change. That's the grace of God. That's, you know, I, I hope he does. I hope he does. I, I don't know. But I'm telling you, study the scripture. See if what I'm telling you is true. The, the link between the cross of Christ, the blood of Jesus, and the sinfulness of man, the link between it is repentance. Godly sorrow. Brings us to repentance. The first step to God, besides faith in God, is honesty and repentance. Seth, why don't you, I was requested to sing a song. I might do it at the end of the broadcast here. And uh, why don't you give out some information?
5: All right. Well, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. Again, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 7th Avenue West. Uh, Next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You are invited. If you need a ride, give us a call at the church, 701-264-7862 is the number for that, or email us at robertsimons58 (coughs) at gmail.com. Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. We have a Sunday school. We have adult and children's Sunday schools. 11 o'clock on Sunday morning is our worship service. Uh, If you want to get involved with the program tonight, please give us a call in studio, 701-225-5133. Or you can text us if you have any questions or comments, 701-290-7862. And if you're out of country, email us, robertsimons58 at com.
2: Before I sing this song, I just want to say that for you that are listening tonight and know my pastor, Pastor David Walters, go ahead and make sure to try to remember to pray for him. He's got congestive heart failure and he's not doing real well, but uh, but I do believe that we can, we, he's an older man, but God can still raise him up. He's got a lot of life left in him. He wants to, to, a lot of things. He's an author and he's written several books. And, and so Pastor David Walters, remember him in prayer. And also you that are listening, remember to pray for a man in our church named Lynn who's got um, cancer and he's not doing well. We're believing God for a miracle there. And I do have a kind of an unspoken request for a friend of mine tonight too. So. This song, song that I, I wrote many years ago about, uh, it's, it's about the word church. And, and some of it, you, you kind of have to study this out, but there's different, um, when you look at the Greek word church, the ecclesia, um, several things it, it says, but one of the definitions of the ecclesia, the church, is the called out ones. And it made me think of this little idea for a song. I got a call one evening. Many years ago From someone Who I didn't Know real well He asked if I was ready To come out from among them He told me he would save my soul from hell And I was called out Called out to be holy Called out Called out of this world Called out A new life lay before me I was called out To Him My life was full of sin When Jesus called me in he had a plan to wash those sins away, baptized in Jesus' name, in the apostolic way, his blood washed away each stain, and I was called out, called out to be holy, called out Called out of this world Called out A new life lay before me I was called out To him But it didn't seem to me I could live in victory He had a plan So I could do that too I spoke in other tongues when the Holy Ghost came in, the gift he gave to me, he'll give to you, gift to the Holy Ghost. I was called out, called out to be holy, called out, called out of this world, called out new life lay before me. I was called out to Him. God's offering you that new life too today. He's calling us out of sin. But just remember this, that there is a first step to God and that first step is repentance. Surrender your life to God. Ask Him for forgiveness. Be willing to change. And once you've repented, the next step you need to make is to be baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus work together, so that our sins can be washed away. And truly, that was just the grace of God. What I told you—that's the grace. The grace of God is to know that. Like I was 20 years old, the first time I heard this Acts 2:38 message, very first time I heard it. Um, that's the grace of God. I saw my wife and I visited a Pentecostal church. We saw a girl get baptized in the name of Jesus. And that was the grace of God in my life. Lord Jesus, tonight, as we close the broadcast, God, I pray that your grace, through what was said here tonight, begins to work in the listening audience and help them to realize, God, that, that you do use people to bring your message. And that is your grace. And God, I thank you for your grace. And I thank you for your grace in my life. And God, how you loved me so much that you sent preachers to me to tell me what I needed to do to be saved. We just pray in the name of Jesus. Make sure to come Wednesday night, 730-105-7th Avenue West, right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. That number I've been giving all night, that is my cell phone number, 701-290-7862. You can call me. Good night. God bless you. And uh, Lord willing, next week, Uh, We'll be back with another Tell It Like It Is radio show.
6: Oh
0: The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.